and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Mark is here. I apologize on Tuesday for some reason there was an error and the podcast didn't go out. So on this episode, I'm going to combine the two shows old school like we used to do. So you'll get a longer show and it'll be our Tuesday show and our Friday show combined. As a reminder, you can watch our shows at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. That's our preferred way because there's tons of visuals, other things you can see, but you can always listen to the podcast as well. On this supersized show, we'll talk about Hard Rock's potential takeover of Treasure Island, a rumor that we heard, plus they're testing the glass for the new guitar tower on the strip. More updates on Fountain Blue as they lose more managers. We'll also discuss Oyo's very unique stripper school show, all of the Super Bowl prep. The Vegas Fear has a new residency coming, and we take a look inside Wynn's Fairway Villas, the ultra luxe villas at Wynn. So nice. All of that and so much more. So many more topics coming up right now. As a reminder, if you like this show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It just takes a second. It helps us out a lot. Let's people know you enjoy the show. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So, Mark, did you see that Luxor billboard from 1993's opening uncovered recently? Last year, we saw MGM Grand's original 1993 opening day billboard uncovered. So we're just waiting for Treasure Islands because that's the trifecta of 1993. Cool to see this old school throwback. Yeah, and I think I've said it before on this show that Luxor is the one I wish I could see like at opening with the ride inside and everything and just how much more themed it was. And it's kind of crazy. Like at the bottom, you see a circus, circus uh, enterprise. And, you know, a lot of people probably still think that this was built by MGM. And it just goes to show that we used to have a lot more players on the strip and that kind of built out these type of things. You know, they built Mandalay Bay. They built this. We're, we're, we're missing that, that competition now. Absolutely. And, you know, they were incredible properties. We wouldn't get these types of properties today, for sure. Luxor back in the day with the motion rides, all the theming, all the money they put into it. It was an incredible place. Not so much anymore, but it's still cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's still cool. Only $375 million. It probably costs like $8 billion this time, this time to build it. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of the money, Mark, we have a new record in ATM fees. Uh, Casino Comp Wallet, your buddy Polly D, he shared on TikTok that Caesars has raised their ATM fees up to $11.99, so $12. Now, I think previously they were $9.99, and that's pretty typical on the strip these days, which is insane by itself, $10, $12 just to use an ATM. But yeah, $12 at Caesars. Just a reminder, get the Schwab checking account. It's free. They will reimburse these. I have tested it with the $10 ATM fees, and they reimburse them just fine. I'm sure they'll do the $12 as well. They've done the $30 Strip club fees, so the twelve dollars is nothing to them. Just don't hit it too too often, uh, but you should be fine. That's a good one. I think Fidelity has something that's similar uh, with no fees. So just get the right checking account, get the right debit card, and then it doesn't matter. Char- let them charge whatever they want. Doesn't matter to you. I love that uh, he tried to pull out fifty bucks. Like he's never been to an ATM before, too. <laughs> Hey, there's gamblers who convince themselves, Mark, that they only need the 50 bucks and they keep convincing themselves of that over and over and over. And it's sort of a crazy thing. And this is where they drive a lot of revenue. And at 12 bucks a pop, I mean, you got to do something about that. So there's other things you can do with banks. Lots of banks have reimbursements in the US for ATM fees too. Some of them have limits, but just do that. If you're wasting your money in the casino on ATM fees, waste it in the slot machine instead, save the money. So let's stay on the topic of Caesars for a second and Planet Hollywood's new glass bar. 
This is their new center bar that they're installing in the casino. It's going to open sometime this winter slash fall. And we got some concept art of it, lots of glass. They describe it as an elegant destination with thousands of crystal prisms and polished chrome brass framing the space. So uh, that's what they're going for. Center bar kind of looks a little like Fountain Blues bar in some ways. What do you think? I think 2024 is like the year of the center bar return. Maybe we can get Hard Rock. We'll start getting theirs built. You know, we saw it at the Dirty Castles coming out. Now this one, I love that it's bringing it back. It's something that's kind of lost a a bit where it used to be the focus. Like they try to get you in the center of the casino. I like it. I always loved hanging out in those bars and and you get a view of everything that's going on. So I'm glad that they're uh, making an effort here. This is replacing the heart bar that's there currently. I think it mixes in very well with the current decor of Planet Hollywood. So while it is modern, it has all those prisms and glass everywhere it does fit in with the casino and everything so it does you know serve as a i think a worthy center bar for planet hollywood and you know it's nice to see them get something new yeah i think planet hollywood's kind of been a little bit forgotten it's such a cool environment and it does it's it's darker but it's kind of nice it just works well and i'm glad to see them get some love it's one of the better caesar's properties i think and they really haven't done much with it lately. So good to see it. So we'll talk uh, rumor mill here for a second. This is a vital Vegas rumor, but I think it's fun to discuss this. So we're going to talk about it. You know, we don't know if this is true or not. So we are disclaiming that up front. But he said that the Hard Rock uh, Seminole Tribe has a potential bid in on Treasure Island and that they would put the guitar tower in between the two so they wouldn't have to tear down the volcano. There is a giant parking garage that sits right on the strip in between Treasure Island and Mirage. I think it is owned by Phil Ruffin in Treasure Island, but that would make a good spot for the Guitar Tower. Perhaps they could connect everything together. Perhaps this is all made up. I don't know. I do think those properties were always meant to be owned by the same company and they were always meant to be together. So it would be nice to see them reunited. I think that's who we thought would buy it, you, you know, when it first popped up because it made a lot of sense. Would he sell it and then just have Circus Circus? I mean, if I was going to unload one, I'd want to unload Circus Circus, but... It would work really nice. It'd be cool. I'd be all for it. You know, we get to keep the golf volcano, still get the guitar. So you get the best of both worlds. You're not changing up Mirage as much and, and stuff like that. Like it would just make a lot of sense. I don't know that they have the money though. Like I feel like they're struggling to build this as it is with the money. How are they going to find this? to make the purchase. I, I give this like a one out of 10, two out of 10 rumor. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't be holding my breath for it. I don't know that they have the money, right? They're still trying to get financing for this massive redo of the Mirage to put up, what, a billion and a half? I don't know what it would cost. I think Ruffin paid 700 million for it 15 years ago. So imagine what it's worth today. Now, on the other hand, Phil Ruffin getting up there in age, what would be a better legacy of your time in Las Vegas than to sell TI and completely redo Circus Circus, take all that money and just plaster it into Circus Circus, make it world-class and uh, fun again. That's what you need to do, Phil Ruffin. That's your real legacy, not all the billions of dollars that you made. I mean, if you're going to do something on your way out, that'd be kind of cool. I don't, I don't know that it would be worth it, but you can't take the money with you, so let's go. Speaking of uh, the Guitar Tower, Vital Vegas had some shots that he shared of them testing glass for the potential Guitar Tower out on that parking garage that sits out on the strip. So you can kind of see the blue glass. This is what we see in Florida. Very similar glass, going to look very similar to that. I think it looks beautiful. I don't know, but clashes with all of the other glass around it. They should just take it over to Fountain Blue and like drop it out the window and then see how it does. Isn't that how we test glass now? Hey, that's a, that was a rumor, Mark. That never happened <laughs> with Fountain Blue. Let's go off script here. Did you see this nonsense drama in the Vegas space talking about 
Caesars canceling rooms for, you know, 50 or so people at Nobu. Apparently there was a mistake rate and Caesars didn't catch it for six weeks. So the people paid a much lower rate. Then Caesars tried to move them to lower properties. We've seen this happen a lot in the hotel space. Legally, they're not required to honor these things. After six weeks, should they do it? Yes. But then there was a bunch of drama in the Twitter space between influencers fighting about how they covered it. I did not see the drama. I'm glad I I kind of missed that. But yeah, once you get to like six weeks, if it's next day, or whatever, that's one thing you can cancel. People book flights, they have 24 hours to cancel, stuff like that. So nobody's really out anything, or you give them options. If, if you don't catch it for six weeks, one, your system's real broken. Two, you're not really doing your job very well. And three, by then you're going to get bad press about it. So why wouldn't you just say, you know what? My bad, we're going to honor it. We'll just go, I'm, I'm doubting it would be that huge of a hit for the amount of people that booked it. And you would get more press out of it being the good guy. But, you know, it's all about the money. So they went the other way. Yeah, I agree. They absolutely should honor this. Shame on them. But are they legally required to? No. Are the only ones who have ever done this in the history of travel? No. Big companies like Hyatt, Marriott, we've seen them do it. I've seen Hyatt do it months later. So uh, it does happen and it's unfortunate. And stop fighting influencers. Stop fighting about how you cover stuff. Bring joy to the city instead of all the the infighting and stuff like that. Just like the Super Bowl is going to bring joy to our city. Did you see that thousand pound chocolate football at Aria? I mean, they made this thing. It's 10 feet long, made with over a thousand pounds of dark and milk chocolate, 50 pounds of fondant, and it took 230 hours to complete. That is uh, some Las Vegas size numbers there. After last night, I hate the Super Bowl. It's the worst. Uh, no, it was, it was a tough game, but... No, this football is is huge. It's impressive. Are they going to break it up and let people eat it after? I, I don't know that I can be okay with using that much chocolate and not having somebody eat it. It just seems like kind of a waste. It looks really cool. I don't know if you want to eat it after that long either, all the dust and stuff. I don't know, but hopefully they break it up, melt it down, uh, dip some apples in it. <laughs> somebody made the point that they could have just made it out of plastic and nobody would have known the difference. So what was yeah. the point of putting all that uh into it, especially because you point out nobody's probably ever going to eat it, right? It's just going to be there for display, but that's uh, what they like to do. We'll have a lot of Super Bowl stuff, I'm sure, over the next couple weeks before the game. And as it leads up, you're also going to be in town, which is going to be kind of neat. So we can cover a lot of stuff. But I did want to talk about the teams. Where are they going to stay? They're staying out at Lake Las Vegas. The NFL does not trust the teams to be in the city proper. Now, remember, we have an NFL team that lives and plays here, but they're out in Lake Las Vegas, way out in Henderson. There's rules that none of them are allowed to gamble in any casino. So they have everybody isolated. I actually think Lake Las Vegas is a brilliant place to put them. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of groupies looking around out there for some football players. The funny thing is I was thinking, actually thinking like maybe I should go out to Lake Las Vegas if it's really crazy on the strip, you know, with everybody before the game, kind of get out away from it a bit and because I've never been out there. I've always wanted to go check it out. And then I see this story today and I'm like, okay, I guess I can't go out there because it's going to be, you know, just as bad out that way with all the people trying to, you know, catch a, a view of somebody or get a signature, stuff like that. But I do think it's a great location. The two properties out there are perfect for it. Yeah, I remember being a kid in Vegas and they wanted to build a stadium and Paul Tagliabue said, never will the NFL ever come to Las Vegas and here we are. We have our team. If they want to make them stay out in Henderson, that's fine. We have our Super Bowl. This is amazing stuff and uh, good for Las Vegas that is finally graduating. I feel like this is like the cherry on top after Formula One, all the craziness around that. But we get the Super Bowl and you're seeing the city sort of embrace it. And it's a much more festive atmosphere than it was before F1, where everybody was angry and complaining. People are excited for this. Yeah, I think it's, you know, less pain for them. There, there's less issues to deal with, less change happening. I know they're still building building the stage on the fountains and stuff like that. But it's not like 
all-encompassing like it was with F1. So it should be a fun weekend for sure. As a reminder, our Patreon is now going. You can watch our weekly after show. You can listen to it as a podcast. $5 a month gets you access to all of that, plus all of our previous shows. We really love our Patreon community. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. Whataburger is opening, Mark, on February 18th. That's at the Waldorf Astoria owned by the same people as Panda Express. Whataburger coming to town. I know all the Texas faithful are happy about that. I personally prefer other burgers a, a little bit better over that. I think it does add something to the Waldorf. It's kind of like a food desert right there. You have a couple places on property to eat, but nothing in front of it. You got to walk a couple blocks or into a neighboring casino to get food. So it's kind of cool for them. When I was staying there, that was definitely one of the downsides was there was nothing easy access for you. So this adds that even if it's not your favorite burger, at least it's something you can grab on your way back to your room or, you know, around lunchtime, something like that. They don't have to pay the high fees that they charge out by the pool and stuff. All right. So let's update people on Fountain Blue and the nachos. Nacho Gate went crazy last week. It sort of was weird with the timing of how we record our shows, where we were covering it. It kind of went viral in between. And between the time we recorded our last show and when it went live, they released their new nachos. And I did show them in the previous show, but we should talk about them. They did launch brand new nachos. They look pretty good, perfectly decent. But I'm going to tell you, Mark, they missed a huge opportunity here because they should have gone way over the top with their nachos. Their nachos should be the loss leader. They should have the best nachos in Las Vegas because everybody knows them for nachos now and they missed the opportunity. I will say I'm not going to criticize the new nachos they look perfectly good but imagine if they'd come out with this spectacular nacho platter that everybody yeah, wanted to get a and they didn't tower, like a nacho tower where like there three you go. different levels or something like make it really unique and over the top it does look like all they did was add like 10 or 15 more chips to the six chips that they had before so it's kind of run of the mill like you said it does look better it looks like what it should i still think it's kind of great they might have actually if they kept it at six chips done even better if people wanting to come and take a picture of their six chips and like make jokes about it they probably could have kept selling them throughout the next six months and people would have loved to pay it just to be able to bag on it so either you stick with what you got or you go over the top doing the middle just doesn't feel quite right they should have done what you said last show and just dipped them in gold i charged 100 bucks for them uh, and that, that would have been uh put it that would have put been it in a briefcase go. and open it up four times and then sear it and then walk away and charge a thousand bucks there you go Staying on Fountain Blue, they have a new president, Maurice Wooden. Wooden was previously the president of Win Las Vegas and the principal officer between 2013 and 2019. Most recently, he was leading Lorenzo Fertitta's effort on that casino on the South Strip. We talked about the Cosmo clone on the last show. And uh, he is heading to Fountain Blue. He's going to be taking over for the interim president and who's going to report to him. We've seen them also lose their chief operating officer, chief marketing officer, vice president of revenue management, and senior vice president of casino operations. So this is a new president coming in, replacing the interim president, all these other positions gone. It'll be a long time before this all shakes out. Yeah, it seems like a good hire. He's got a, you know, a good history, been in the industry, worked at Wynn you know, which is top dog in Vegas for most people. So I think it's a really good hire, potentially. I don't know anything about him personally or, or how he manages people, but seems like a good fit. I mean, it does make me a little bit sad, like maybe the other casino isn't going to be <laughs> up and coming at any point soon. It kind of seems that way if you're leaving that for Fountain Blue. It's a moving in the right direction, at least. And this really just shows you the influence that Wynn has had on the industry, right? We see all these executives going from place to place, and they're always Win executives, ex-Win executives. Uh, of course, we've seen a lot of shadiness, too, and weird stuff happening. So we don't want to tie that to this guy or to this situation. But glad to see them getting more experience. And hopefully, whatever direction they go in, they will do well. Trouble in Fountain Blue Land. We can't gloss over that, but we do wish them the best. And I'm glad to see that they have some new nachos. But let's hop over to Win. 
and talk about their fairway villas. These are their high-end, super exclusive luxe ultra villas for the most premium of players. And uh, we got a look inside of it from a Persian vlogger on YouTube. And I think Mike E is the one where we saw this on Twitter. So credit to him for finding it. And he even like transcribed certain portions of it because it is in Persian, I believe. But you get a great look inside this villa, which is uh, incredible, Mark. I mean, I want to say just the space, the amount of money they spent on this space, like Crystal Table was $450,000, all the artwork, five, $600,000 each. And it looks it. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's luxury to a level that I will never experience in my life. I'm just, I was just trying to think like, how much do you think that would be if that was a house that they're selling? Because it's basically a very large mansion-y feeling house that you get to stay in. You know, what are we talking? 10, 15, $20 million to buy that, maybe more. And that's without it being furnished. And there's probably just as much money in the furnishing uh, put in there. So that's just wild. I don't even know, like, if you stay there, do you go gamble? Do you even want to leave the room? But I guess if you are gambling enough and you're wealthy enough to stay there that's probably just the norm for you so maybe it loses a bit i mean i loved every bit of it it looked perfection i really really liked the outdoor space i thought that was that was really unique and cool and greenery trees a little pool get a view of the sphere pretty much knocked it out of the park if you're staying in a villa like that they have private gaming tables you never have to see the casino floor really and i'm sure they have private ways to get you in and out in fact they talk about that you get great views of the sphere which is kind of cool or at least the top of the sphere Really nice privacy with a pool and spa out there. I love that. It is a bit of a maze to get around there, I noticed, but that would be my only drawback. The main suite is on the second floor, and you do have stairs, but you can also just take the private elevator within the suite to get to the second floor. And uh, they didn't spend much time in the master bathroom, which to me looks spectacular. But yeah, the whole place looks great. All of that art, ancient Japanese art, ancient art from everywhere. No expense was spared, and you know this is for the cream of the crop players, but I'm glad we finally got a good look and a detailed look, right? This is five, six, seven minutes. I'll put a link down in the description. Start it's around the 43 minute mark, but you're going to actually get a feel for what this room looks like. Yeah, I'm curious how they got access. It's pretty amazing. And, and they do a good job of taking their time with the art and the tables and, and looking at everything in detail versus just walking through, which I, I thought was nice. I wish we could understand what they were saying uh, for the added clarity of everything, but it's still really cool to see inside. Do you think this is where Justin Timberlake stayed instead of at Fountain Blue? I think that it's this or a room similar to this, yes. And we can kind of see, we've seen the rooms at Fountain Blue, why you would choose this over yeah. that. Good for, for Justin, but this looks, yeah, incredible. The view from the second story master bedroom, though, it's, it needs a little work, right? There's just, you're looking right out at a tree in a building. So there is something to criticize here. I mean, you can't be all perfect on a ground level unit. There's going to be issues. But I think that if that's the one bad takeaway, then they did a good job. Maybe uh, we, we need somebody to come invite us so we can film all of these beautiful mansion spaces. Maybe they'll invite us and then immediately trespass us from the property right after. Looking forward to it. <laughs> so let's talk Tropicana. This week, rumors were swirling that we were going to find out the date that the Tropicana was going to close. Last week, the A's were supposed to release, or we thought they might release concept art at that Las Vegas event, but they said that they're going to wait because they want to release joint concept art with Bally's for the new casino and the stadium, everything together. But we now know Tropicana is closing. On Monday, January 29th, they announced that the date of closure will be April 2nd. We had seen that the hotel rooms were not bookable past April 1st, so this is not a surprise. But now officially confirmed, the Tropicana, which opened in early April 1957, will close April 2nd. 2024 so last night you can stay is april fool's day that that doesn't sound <laughs> like it's a good choice I, i'm kind of surprised that they made this you know announcement so close to the end i, I would have loved like a farewell tour as uh, some players and coaches doing sports like give us 
you know, six months, eight months, whatever it be, make the announcement so everybody can get their bookings if they love the property and want to check it out one last time. You know, there's not a lot of people that are going to be coming, you know, in the next couple months versus over the next six and eight months that might have wanted to to book that state. So they're missing out on some money, but I guess in that they just need to move forward with knocking it down. Do you think we'll get a, an implosion, some explosions and all that on video? That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I do think we'll get an implosion. We'll get an old school Vegas style implosion. Anybody who's booked after April 2nd, they're going to move them and they are trying to accommodate employees with other jobs or severance packages, whatever they said. Moving forward, we don't have a timeline beyond that. There's no other information what's going to happen. I need to reach out to their PR people, see if I can get inside some of those bungalows that are closed already. I doubt we'll see them reopen before the final closure of the property. The other thing is they're charging $299 for the cheapest room on that night. So they're sort of gouging people who want to get a last night stay in there. I remember staying at Riviera a handful of years ago. They did not do that. It was just normal rates. So hopefully the prices come down a little bit. So I want to talk TROP. I mean, everybody who watches this show for any length of time knows I grew up staying there and I have this huge sentimental value with the property and I will give it a proper send off. But the truth is that it's had several owners since the 90s and it's sort of been a property, I don't know, dwarfed by its neighbors. And I don't know if a lot of people are going to be sad to see it go. Certainly not like I am. Yeah, I think it'll depend if you've you know experienced Vegas in the 80s and 90s and stuff and have those memories. If you just started going in the mid 2000s, you know, like 2008, 2010, 2015, something like that. You probably don't have an attachment to it because it isn't a great property anymore. You know, it doesn't really draw you in with anything, but it, it all depends what era you grew up in and what attachment you have to it. Like when uh, Hooters became Oyo, I was a little bit sad about that. And whenever they decided to finally knock that thing down, you know, that was kind of the first place I stayed when I would go to Vegas when I was in my early 20s. It was what I could afford. And it was always a good time and it, it's just not quite the same. So I get where you're coming from. I don't have it for the trop, but I wish they would have given people more time, uh, you know, to say their goodbyes. You got your Hooters slash oil reference in, so everybody should be happy out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sad to hear this. Not a surprise. We're actually re-recording this because we were talking about the rumors, but we knew this was coming and hopefully it'll get a great party and we'll get a great show and maybe they'll sell off some stuff. We can buy some cool merch and stuff from all around the trop. But this is a historic property and not one that we should celebrate going away, even though it's progress. And that's just the way Las Vegas works. We'll get a ballpark. What this means is hopefully soon in the next month or two, we'll actually get concept art of what this resort plus ballpark might actually look like. Yeah. And hopefully it's like realistic instead of just some random stuff they slap together with AI. So we'll have to see how it compares when they had all this weird stuff that didn't make any sense, like cars parked in front of the stadium on the strip and and all that stuff that you know is not going to happen, all this open area and no casino uh, type of thing. So uh, hopefully they figure all that out and it looks something cool and we'll get to see if it's closed stadium, open stadium, how they're going to work that, all that type of stuff. Rest in peace, my beloved Trop. Oh my God, you're going away for sure. We knew this, but it's sad to see the date. I will. I don't want to pay $400 to stay there the last night, but hopefully the prices come down. I will be staying there soon. So, Mark, did you see that opening day Caesars Palace map of the casino floor, the hotel, how it was all laid out? You can definitely still see shades of it today, but very different. The property has grown so much, and maybe that explains why it's such a maze. Yeah, look how like concise it is and how it makes sense, and it flows together, and it's just not a hodgepodge mess. 
<laughs> that you get lost and confused. You can't find where anything is and just connections and random stuff all over the place. Like, I wish it was back to that. It looks great. You know, like they actually thought about it where now it's just, oh, let's add something here. Okay, cool. Call it a day. It's tiny though, Mark. I mean, they can't sustain it with that size. I did an overlay and I'll show that right now where people can see the map compared to the Google Maps image of today. And you can just see how sprawling it is compared to the way it was. And I remember just in the 90s, even how much space they had. You remember Fan Man and they used to have boxing matches on the back of the property and they had so much space and it's all gone, all filled in. I mean, sometimes good things come in small packages. Look at the Cromwell, the best place in Vegas to stay. Okay. (laughs) Super Bowl is coming and there's, I guess, some updates. I was on the Strip yesterday. I went to the Sphere, finally saw you two there. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit later, but the Mirage Mountain construction, that's kind of done, but I got some looks at the entire fan zone and the way it stretches out, and basically they are covering up all of the water where the volcano was, so they're adding all kinds of different fan activities. I don't know where the simulator is going to go, but there's still a lot of construction there, a lot of construction in front of Bellagio as well, Super Bowl logos going up all over the city, and speaking of Caesars Palace, they are the official hotel of the NFL Super Bowl. I don't know what that means because there's people spread all over the city, but they are doing a laser light show, Mark, and it's going to be a massive projection show on the side of the Augustus Tower at Caesars Palace. Sounds pretty cool. I don't understand how they're the hotel for NFL when, you know, they're building stuff on the fountains and they're putting up, we're going to talk about where they're putting up the reporters and uh, the dirty homes that they uh, get to rest their head in. Light show sounds cool. It's going to go every night. It's going to be kind of a competition with the sphere. I kind of feel like you already have the sphere. Well, why wouldn't you just pour it into that? But I guess Caesar's paid enough that they get to throw on their own little show too and check it out every night. Sounds like for this week, three minutes. Are you uh, excited to see it? Yeah, three minutes or three and a half minutes, something like that. Uh, Called the Super Bowl Spectacular. It says it's 65,000 square foot projection with 1.7 million lumens, 40,000 laser projectors in a sound system. So it seems like they spent a lot. I mean, it's only a temporary thing, so we'll see. It does seem like Las Vegas is doing a ton more for the Super Bowl. I know they always have events for the Super Bowl, but everything they're doing seems way over the top compared to other cities. It seems like they're definitely going all in on this. And I've never been to Vegas for Super Bowl weekend, which I know it's one of the bigger weekends, period. And then you have the actual Super Bowl being there. It's going to be pretty crazy. You know, one thing that's not going to be in the show, though, if it's like Super Bowl highlights, it's the Detroit Lions because it's not possible. You got to get over it, Mark. I'm only a week uh, behind you or ahead of you. Uh, I'm, I'm getting over it. Yeah, there's some other things coming. So we're putting new tech in the cameras on the Super Bowl. They're putting a doink cam in the field goal uprights and tons of other cameras, I guess, that we haven't seen before in broadcast. So the broadcast itself should be unique. And the media, as you said, are staying at which hotels? I wonder, I want everybody to just pause for a second and guess which two hotels they put the media in, the official media for the Super Bowl. And if you were guessing Luxor and Excalibur, you're right. Dirty Castle, Dirty Pyramid. That's that's true Vegas right there. It's hard to beat that. I don't know which one. I, we should just call it the chip or the castle. I don't know which one I would rather stay in. I kind of lean towards the castle. I feel like the areas are nicer, a bit nicer, besides the atrium of Luxor. But I haven't stayed in the rooms at the castle in a while, so I-, I can't say for sure. I mean, the fact that they started with Luxor maybe means that they thought that was the better option. It's kind of funny. Uh, people have been making fun of the reporters about it, but 
hey, we paid 29 bucks to stay there, so who, who are we the fools? Yeah, of course we're the fools. Haven't you figured that out by now? <laughs> and last thing, they're putting up these photo Instagram opportunities on the pedestrian bridges and putting up the logos and stuff like that. Isn't it illegal to stop on the pedestrian bridges now? What, what is that about? Mixed messages. They didn't get the memo. So excited for the Super Bowl. But Cirque, we have some bad news or some interesting news. Cirque seemingly is struggling. And maybe the changing entertainment in Las Vegas has caused this, but they're president of the resident shows division and an affiliate shows division, Eric Grilly, was fired. He's been there for about three years. They said they mutually parted ways. So I guess he wasn't fired, but he's out and Cirque marching on. But you kind of think about how Vegas entertainment has changed. There's too many Cirque shows with all these new residencies, with all these new venues, all the sports, people only have so much money to spend. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're just coming out of COVID and it's kind of like people's tastes changed a bit. And this is something that we don't talk about a lot. Like some restaurants never fully recovered. They never got back what they had. And some of these shows, it, my fear is, you know, we talk about how we miss the theming in the hotels and when we saw the theming go away, we we're like, oh, cool, something new. And we didn't really say, you know what? I hope they keep doing theming. So I'm worried that these shows are going away. And then in like 10 years, we're going to be like, you know what? I miss having productions and something cool. And I'm tired of just having people sing. There's nothing like unique or new about this. I can go to a concert anywhere. Why do I need to go to a concert in Vegas? Like, I want to see over the top spectacle. And we're not going to have that anymore. That's what I'm afraid of. And I think that's where we're going. Then they can build new shows though, right? That's the problem. Although it's shocking because Mystere and O are their two best shows, selling shows. We know Love is struggling, Ka is struggling, but their oldest shows, the ones that have been there for 30 years are the ones that are still doing well, which is sort of interesting because you would think they would get old. Both great shows, so I understand why, but, uh, and they're really classic Cirque, right? If you want that classic Cirque experience, both those shows deliver, whereas Ka, Love, they're different and you have to sort of be into what they're doing, but maybe we'll just get a whole new round of shows in 10 years, Mark, uh, new spectacles. Let's bring back EFX at MG. Jim Grand. Get rid of Call. Well, I noticed that you didn't say Call was one of the, the great shows, so well done there. That stage, Mark, that stage, uh, <laughs> you know, can you imagine what they could do with the tech of 2024 with the stage? You know, they get a new stage there. It's, what, 15, 20 years old now, so uh, yeah, that theater is so cool. I kind of grew up there. My dad worked at EFX. I love that theater so much. I've been in the bowels of it. It's it's a cool uh, venue, so go see Call. So it doesn't close because the stage is cool. And unlike Mark, I do like it a lot. As a reminder, our Patreon is now live. We do a weekly after show. Mark and I make fun of each other. We go more in depth on everything we talk about on this show. $5 a month gets you access. You can listen as a podcast, watch as a video. Everything you need to know at patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. So let's talk Sphere. They finally announced another residency. We know Fish is coming. U2 is ending its residency. Dead and Company, or, you know, the offshoot of the Grateful Dead. I guess it's the couple band members from Grateful Dead, along with John Mayer and a couple other people. They are coming to the Sphere. Is this a good one? Yeah, I think it kind of goes in with the realm of the other things that we saw and talked about, like the same era. Not exactly the same type of music, but similar uh, type of music and similar bands, similar people that love it. And I know that, you know, the offshoot has brought in some of the younger people to the Grateful Dead's music. So that's kind of cool. And John Mayer, at least, you know, brings in some younger people uh, too. So I think it kind of fits with what the Sphere's been doing. I just don't know that that's the way I would go. You know, you kind of need like somebody visionary, younger to build these sets and these shows and to get into it. And maybe they just, all those people are saying, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. Like a Bruno Mars, a Lady Gaga, stuff like that, that puts on spectacles already. 
I think would really do well there. We'll have to see. I know you want to talk about U2 in a bit, and they were kind of the most visionary band of that era, I think, for this type of thing. So great one to kick it off, but I think bridge the gap and bring it to the modern people and find that person uh, to do that and start that kickoff. Yeah, Sphere is spectacular as a venue. The screens are spectacular inside. The sound is spectacular. U2 is not a band that I've ever been a huge fan of, and I really wasn't a fan of their performance, their live concert. Please don't flame me in the comments. If you love U2, I'm very happy for you. I did love the venue. I thought there was a lot of great things about all of that. Casino.org did like a survey of 3,000 people. So we don't know how scientific this really was about what act they would want at the Sphere. And they gave them nine choices. And Dead & Company ranked ninth. Uh, Not a surprise, number one, Lady Gaga. Two, Beyonce. Three, Coldplay, which I would, oh my God, would I love to see Coldplay at the Sphere. Now you're talking. Four, Paul McCartney. Can you imagine Paul McCartney at the Sphere doing Beatles songs with like, you know, a a band supporting him doing Beatles stuff? That would be amazing, even if, you know, he probably wouldn't do that. The Eagles, then Bon Jovi. I saw Bon Jovi before. They're an incredible band. Harry Styles, then Kiss, then Dead and Company. So they're getting the last of uh, what people want. We need some more contemporary acts, I think. Yeah, I think that whole list is kind of a, a good idea. I think Lady Gaga would be the out of the knock it out of the park. That'd be kind of tough because she's been doing you know show elsewhere. So I don't know how that all works and if you want to try to steal her and stuff like that. But I think she's got like her Super Bowl halftime show stuff like that. Like she'll think out of the box. She comes up with very creative stuff. So I think she'd be the one contemporary person that could really handle it and and deal with all that stuff and and put on a great show. I think Beyonce would be another really cool one. You know, you go down the list and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Coldplay's good. Yeah, Paul McCartney's good. Uh, So I think even Kiss, like, I don't know what they, what they're like uh, for a live show these days, but back in the day, they probably would have like rocked the the roof off the place. I think all those are good. I saw like lower down on the list, Eminem was listed and I'm a big Eminem fan. I just don't see how a rapper could fill that space and make it you know the sound sounds so great it's like made for music more so than rap i guess i don't know people will hate me for that too oh we're in so much trouble we've uh i can't believe i actually said that you two thing out loud so uh, we'll just move on oyo let's talk about your favorite oyo or you know you loved hooters back in the day not that you love oyo but they're advertising that they're the value destination in Vegas by saying, don't buy their $25 cocktails, buy our $14 cocktails. When did this become $14 cocktails was a bargain in Las Vegas? When you think about everywhere else that you're buying cocktails, I guess $14 is a deal. I mean, I paid $11 for a beer in Laughlin, so I have to bring that up once again. For Corona, $11 still blows my mind. So I guess I would take a $14 cocktail over that. You know, you'd like to see like $10, maybe $9 if you're really trying to draw people in. And I know last show we talked about the center bar and the return of the center bar. I think that's what's missing. Like when you walked into Hooters, there used to be that bar initially and it's gone. It just kind of makes the place feel dead and you don't really have it. You just kind of like look at the tables and there's not always a ton of people. At least that bar blocked your view and made it more intimate. Uh, I wish they would bring that back. Still kind of good with me, but it just doesn't quite have the same vibes and, and it's not quite as fun. I love how you say it's so ugly. They used to have a bar that blocked your view of everything and that made it better. That's uh, that's a great selling point <laughs> for it. The other thing I want to talk about Oyo is they have their stripper school. You can go every day at 2 p.m. It's $59 and you can learn to be a stripper at Oyo right on the strip or I don't know. I consider it on the strip, but some people don't. Yeah, I know that that's going to confuse some people because it says shows starting at 2 p.m. So, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of guys trying to buy tickets to watch a stripper show when it's really like a stripper class. I think it's a great idea for bachelorette parties and stuff. I don't know that I'd do it at 2 p.m. I feel like that's something you need to like build your way up to uh, to get comfortable with maybe some uh, some drinks and everything. And I'm kind of surprised it's in a casino. 
but I think it's a cool idea and something fun that I think, uh, you know, if you're, if you want to do something as a group and have a good time, I think a lot of girls would have, have fun doing it. At least that's what I envision as a man. <laughs> Yeah, I think 2 p.m. is a great time too, right? You can have your fun during the day before you go out at night and it's very Vegas. So happy to, to see that. So what we're going to do is every week until Tropicana closes, I'm going to tell you one cool thing about that property that you should go see before it's gone forever because I love the property and a lot of people don't and I don't think a lot of people understand uh, some of the history there. So let's talk stained glass ceilings. This is my favorite part of Tropicana. It was built in 1980. It sits over the pit. And this stained glass ceiling is incredible. I used to think it was older, that it dated back, you know, to some of the original days. It does not, but still very historic. You don't see it really anywhere else in a casino in Vegas. And it's a great piece of art and one that everybody should go see. Yeah, I was sad. Didn't they pull uh, the tables out of that area? It used to be where all the table games were. Uh, so I was sad when they did that because that was cool atmosphere to sit there and, and play blackjack or whatever uh, your game of choice is and, and have that ceiling. That's my favorite part of the property as well. And I love that you can, you know, go upstairs and they have like a little viewing thing. So you can get up pretty close to it, get really good views of it. I have a picture from our first trip. That's one of the first places we took a picture from. And I didn't even know it was a thing there. We just like walked in there and I was like, oh, that's cool. Let's go up there and look at it. And so I've, I've loved it ever since then. I hope that, do you think they'll do kind of like how we see in sports stadiums when they knock down an old stadium? They take pieces of it and put it in the new stadium. Do you think they'll try to save that glass and reuse it somehow? I really hope that Bally's management understands how cool this piece of art is and that they find a way to incorporate it into the new casino, even if it's not over the pit or pieces of it, make it into an art installation, something like that, or just give it to me or give me a piece anyway so I can have it in my house, uh, you know, either way <laughs> or sell it because I'm sure they'll probably sell it, but we'll see. But go check that out. Next week, I'll have another thing that you should go see at Tropicana, and we'll keep that going for the next two months until it's gone. I guarantee you I can find eight great things for you to go see at Tropicana I was, for all you haters. I was just I was just thinking, you sure you're going to make it that whole two months? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk Cosmo Clone. On the last show, we talked about how the guy who was running Tillman Fertitta's Cosmo clone, whatever that's going to be called, uh, Post Oak Hotel, whatever it is, across from Cosmo on Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard. He moved and he's now running Fountain Blue. And that sort of means that the Fertitta Casino is canceled. It's not going forward. We don't really know. But I just thought we would highlight that a little bit more. There's been some more speculation that that is what's happening, that it's over. I don't think that means that necessarily. And that piece of land is probably the best on the entire strip to develop. I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't started already. This is the one I was most excited about, new play in town or a new player to the strip and, and a new vision and all that you know they spent money ripping out things and knocking down things like if they were planning on not doing this for a while i'm guessing they would have rather just leave the stuff there and collected rent at least you've already made that investment i feel like that kind of leans you towards maybe continuing on i mean they knew what the construction costs were and all that maybe they're just worried about oversaturation that piece of land will get developed you will have a casino there it might not be in two or three years it might be in five or six years uh it might be in two or three years we don't know just because he's not there that is not a direct thing to say it's canceled right but it is something to keep an eye on and not that i want to talk about it anymore but a few more managers were fired at fountain blue this week so we keep on uh, churning through them this has never happened with a casino opening as far as i know so a big mess over there but no real news other than more managers fired the chatter is that there was too many managers for the business and so they were manager heavy and now they're sort of letting people go yeah i think that's kind of customary is to overhire for opening you're going to need a lot of hands on deck as you're working through it and figuring out who works for your property and who doesn't usually that goes for uh, you know 3 4 months I feel like, and usually it's not 
all management and very rarely upper, upper management. So this is kind of different. Usually you overhire dealers and front desk agents and stuff like that. And you're kind of good on managers. Maybe you have a couple extra uh, that you need to move on from. Some aren't working. And this seems like a lot. Yeah, it's got to be more than just overhiring. And if they overhired that many, then they're kind of dumb. <laughs> so let's close with this, Mark. A record December. And not just a record December. All-time records were broken in December. Now, December is historically one of the slowest months, I think the slowest month for revenue and for everything overall historically. And yet Las Vegas broke a lot of records, including statewide gaming win, 1.433 billion, which is a 9% increase over last year. Clark County, 1.27 billion alone. So remember when we were doing like a billion for the entire state and then that was, we're 34 months in a row, I think of that. But now Clark County, 1.27 billion all by itself, which is up almost 10% from last year. Nutty numbers for December, but yeah, people are coming, they're spending money all the naysayers go away yeah i think the strip was even like high 900 million right so it was right almost to a billion which would have been pretty nuts for them to do that on their own yeah yeah i'm baffled mark i'm baffled by the fact that people keep coming here and spending the money they say that it's a lot of the events that are driving it Raiders had a couple games. There was eight shows of U2. A lot. Garth Brooks was in town. A, a lot of other stuff. The rodeo was in town as well. But again, December, always very slow. Las Vegas, uh, the future looks bright. I mean, what else could you say? We just brought on a lot of new rooms, so we'll see how that all goes. The average rate was definitely lower than you saw in November for F1. Not a surprise, but still pretty strong considering rates are lower in December generally. So yeah, good news for Las Vegas. I mean, gangbusters. The convention business is still kind of dragging, and, it, and it's even lower than last year, which last year was quite a bit lower than 2019, if I remember correctly. We expected that to pick up. All these people built all this extra space for it, and nobody's really using it, and it's just not quite to the level that it was pre-pandemic. So imagine if that came back and you got all those business travelers in there uh, paying all this stuff. So that's what makes it most impressive to me is that it's a lot of recreational people coming to Vegas and creating these record highs versus corporations and, and people using business expense accounts to do it. And remember, you know, January, we'll see how that goes. February, we'll have the Super Bowl, which rates are still high. Unlike F1, where we saw rates come down, we're actually seeing Super Bowl rates for the hotels go up. So that should be a really good month for revenue and for room rates and everything else. So let us know what you guys think about these record gaming numbers for December. It's insane that we broke the new record, the sphere, the dead. You happy about that? All the construction for Super Bowl, the light show at Caesars Palace. Let us know what you guys think about everything I talked about. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be back in a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Let Sean know how great you two is in the comments too. <laughs> <laughs>